0: Congressman, how are you, my friend?
1: I'm doing well. How are you doing,
0: Andy? I'm doing great, although I am very frustrated. I have to admit, we've seen the just a week ago, we had Mitch McConnell out there in the Senate side saying if the Democrats are going to have to raise the debt ceiling, they're going to have to do it without Republican support. Less than a week later, now we have the conditional temporary raising of the debt ceiling to the end of the year. We haven't scrapped the $5 trillion in the federal budget and the infrastructure ban together. I'm getting frustrated. I'm, I think a lot of people are to this point as well, Congressman, that I'm okay with almost almost defaulting on our debt and defaulting with the economy because at some point we have a credit card limit we shouldn't spend anymore. I know that you're on the Ways and Means Committee in the House, so you've seen firsthand this entire discussion. Uh, where are we at with everything, and can we get back to some rationale here?
1: Yeah, I, I'm frustrated about this whole process too. I mean, we obviously we need to maintain the good faith of the the full faith and credit of the United States and, and uh, having a dollar as a reserve currency is an important thing. But the reason we have that is because we can control and make sure that what we spend, uh, whether we raise taxes or uh, or spend less or uh, raise a debt uh to the country is that we're, we're maintaining that quality of the dollar as the reserve currency. And, and, you know, where we're at now is that Democrats control the House, the Senate and the White House, and yet they've created this new crisis because they want to continue to spend more money. And, you know, we, you know, we're, we're what, uh, uh, a third of the way into a new month. Uh, That starts the new fiscal year and the Democrats still haven't passed an appropriations bill for this year. I mean, they uh, instead of doing that, they passed a temporary two month spending plan, uh, which is which is a problem to go forward because you you can't plan for that. I mean, you uh, you can't uh, schedule a training class. Uh, The military can't buy spare parts if it takes longer than two months to to make them. And, And in the meantime, they're they're playing with all of this let's raise the debt ceiling and, and make Republicans be bipartisan in this so that they can then go out and spend $5 trillion or over $5 trillion on on pet social projects that they're falsely laboring as uh, as infrastructure uh, because they know American Americans want real infrastructure. They want roads and bridges and, and that. And so they're they're using this uh, smoke and mirrors and propaganda uh, discussion.
0: Yeah, it's frustrating. I mean, we looked at the and broke down this infrastructure bill, and if it was truly just for roads, bridges, and highways, which is what infrastructure actually is, it would have been covered. It would have been a three to $400 million, a uh, uh, billion dollar plan. It would have been covered by some of the COVID spending we already had. We wouldn't have to raise taxes or do additional spending in any way, shape, or form, and it would be good, and I could support something like that. But we're still looking at a $1 trillion budget for that, along with this three and a half trillion dollar federal budget which is concerning to me we have medicare medicaid expansion we have social security expansion i mean congressman we have the tax increases of looking at and having the irs regulating any financial transaction for personal or business over six hundred dollars that's an absolute insanity to me
1: yeah i mean it, there's there's two parts of this bill that are just horrible. one's the dollar amount uh you know they they talk about it being three and a half trillion dollars actually, it's up to four point three trillion now because six House committees couldn't contain themselves and and the Democrats wanted to spend more money than what they were charged and allowed to uh, through that process uh, but the the other piece of that is just all of these provisions that they're putting in place that dictate what we do. You mentioned uh uh basically doing a search and seizure on all of our bank account records uh, to make sure that uh, under the theory that we're all criminals and that we're all tax cheats, and they're going to catch us uh, by checking $600. And, you know, the last time I looked, uh, the Constitution said that uh, uh, unreasonable search and seizure is not not, uh, allowed in the United States of America. And the other piece that that we're going to see as this discussion comes is that, you know, they, they started off talking about a $3.5 trillion bill. The way they justified $3.5 trillion was they had several programs that they started, but they set them to end in three years or five years. And that way they could say, well, the 10-year cost is only $3.5 trillion or $4.3 trillion. But so, what they'll do is they'll come back and say, okay, well, let's do a $1.5 trillion or a $2 trillion bill. And then they'll set these programs down to, well, we'll only do them for two years or one year. And, you know, as Ronald Reagan said, the only thing that lives forever is a federal government program. And we know the, the pressure is going to be on to keep those, and, and the spending will be right back to where it was. And we'll be worse off because of these bad policies.
0: Yeah, it's very concerning. Now, we have uh, conditionally and temporarily raised the debt ceiling, uh, I guess, unlimited uh, for the time being until the end of the year. Is this going to be another frequent thing? I mean, as you see, being in the Ways and Means Committee, you've seen the fact that we're not doing appropriations bills. We're just doing these massive, omnibus bills. That started as a, quote-unquote, temporary thing under the Obama administration, and now we haven't had a federal budget really since the middle of the Obama administration since. Are we concerned about now just really now giving the federal government an unlimited platinum credit card with no limit and saying just go crazy with it?
1: No, that, that I absolutely oppose that. I, in fact, you know, when even during the Trump administration, uh, you know, two years ago, uh, when the proposal was brought forth that the the debt ceiling uh, should be uh, temporarily suspended until July of this year, I voted against that. I mean, yeah. it, it's not an issue of whether it's a Republican president proposing this level of spending or a Democrat proposal uh, president proposing it is we we've got to maintain good fiscal common sense and yeah. and that's a piece that's missing out of the spending piece and I I I, I don't have any plans to ever support a uh, an unlimited expansion on on the debt uh, obviously we do have we do have debts that we have to pay we we until we get some of the problems created. And I, I'm open for that. I, I'd be willing to, every year, vote on how much money gets into Social Security as payments, how much money goes through Medicare as payments, how much money is paid out in, in Medicaid, and trade off, I vote for an X amount of dollars of spending versus X amount of dollars of taxes. And justified whether the vote says uh, raise no taxes, but that means people are going to get less money in in payments out of the taxpayers federal treasury uh, but uh, it's it's something we we've got to get our hands around it it's a mess up there and yeah. you know we they make it so confusing that there's actually not even we don't even use the budget to reflect spending we create a budget some years we create a budget some years it don't uh, but the appropriations go on whether there's a budget created or not and so that's a That's the the terrible way to run the greatest country on
0: earth. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Talking with Congressman Ron Estes from the 4th uh, Congressional District here in the state of Kansas, I mean, talking all common sense, like, of actually voting on how much money is going to go into Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, all these other social programs. What a wild concept, rather than putting it in a mandatory category, letting it grow incrementally every year and not even touching it, uh, boggles my mind. And then at the same time, we try and find scraps for the military, so that's... Kind of frustrating. At the same time, when you give the government a program that grows or expands or a new agency, it doesn't go away. It'll never shrink. It'll never go away. It'll never downsize itself again. We saw the U.S. job growth uh, come out earlier today, talking about 194,000 jobs created last month with a unemployment rate dropping 4.8%. Uh, With some of the slowest pace of the year so far, this is just another argument, which we called this back in spring when I talked to you, that when the economy wasn't trucking along by the fall like Democrats said it was going to, that now it gives them all the opportunity. To try trying to expand and permanentize some of these social programs with like the child tax credit that's only supposed to go to the end of the year. Some more COVID unemployment that I'm sure they're going to try and bring up again or at least expand unemployment benefits. I mean, this just gives them the arson to say the economy's not back yet. COVID's still here. We need to create some more social programs.
1: Yeah, the 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 terrible jobs report uh i mean basically it goes back and shows that when the democrats were trying to sell the american the so-called american rescue plan uh they weren't honest i mean they said it was going to create all these jobs uh, for america and instead what it's done is it's incentivized people not to work and that's what we're seeing is back in july now they started making monthly checks to people uh for tax credits and and it's not it's not for low-income folks it it ranges up to higher, mid level and and quasi senior level executives also qualify to get those checks. So what what do you have? You have lots of money flowing into the economy from the taxpayers pocket uh, to, to fund people that don't go to work. And so I, I you you can't expect them to go to work in in this environment. And you know, we, we've seen uh, we've seen the, the vaccine mandates that are now forcing healthcare workers to, out of the jobs and and uh, people losing their jobs in in uh, uh, larger manufacturing companies as well. Uh, and and instead of this. Let's get the economy going. Uh, the the Biden administration and the Democrats in general think that the more government spending they have is better because that's all they ever know is how to spend more money. And uh, what it's doing is it's generating all this inflation. Uh, we're seeing it uh, everywhere we go. In fact, uh, Moody's Analytic came out with a uh, just a just this week uh, saw the numbers where uh, a family making seventy thousand dollars. Inflation is now forcing them to spend another $175 a month on food and fuel and housing that they didn't have to spend before the Biden's ARP plan and all this inflation started up.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. And I'm glad you mentioned inflation. Is there any hope inside about inflation coming back down or is it just going to get worse if we end up passing some of these monstrosity bills that are up there right now?
1: It'll get horribly worse if we pass the bills they're talking about. It's going to stay bad even without passing those bills. I mean, what what uh, you can point direct correlation to when Biden's ARP plan passed and all of that additional money started coming into the economy, uh, that's when inflation cranked up in in April and May of early this year after the ARP plan passed in in early March. And and so there's a direct correlation to uh, all the money that's being spent. And I'll make the argument that it made sense a year and a half ago when COVID shut down the economy. Uh, we we had to spend some money. I mean, we we implemented the Paycheck Protection Program to help make sure skilled workers could stay with their employers. Uh, we we set up the funding to help make sure that Operation Warp Speed could be developed to to create a vaccine out there. Uh, but but since last spring and summer, since June of last year, when we we passed the first five bipartisan bills, uh, it's just been extra spending because. That's what the government, big government mindset is, is, is they, they should spend and spend uh, without any uh, direct calculation of, of whether there's benefits. And so, you know, right now we're, you know, inflation has been going up basically year over year. Each month it's a, a 5% gain. And the Federal Reserve is saying, well, we expect that to drop back to 2 or 3% in the next few months. The problem is it's 2% on top of the 5%. It's not like you're going to get a 3% reduction in prices uh, prices have been reset now uh, and uh, it's going to cost more people more money and and that's that's the problem even, even before they start to spend this additional 5 trillion if they're able to get that
0: passed the sad and crazy and delusional part about all of this is that we're like you mentioned dealing between a 5 to 7% inflation rate right now just making everything more expensive and the response from the white house and the biden administration is well uh it's it's selfish for businesses to actually raise prices on their goods because they're having to pay more in taxes and things are more expensive how dare they do that and a sign of inflation according to them is a sign of a economy that's actually recovering i don't know how that makes any sense congressman because that's kind of the opposite of what's happening isn't it
1: well it's it certainly is and it, it kind of shows the a lack of knowledge the lack of I'll, I'll use the word ignorance because that does mean lack of knowledge but you know when, when you have uh, uh, the White House and administration promoting that it's absurd that businesses should raise taxes or, or raise prices uh, because of cost increases whether it's from taxes or whether it's from inflation uh, that that they really don't understand economics they don't understand business and and, and some of that you, you see very much because so many of the the Democrats whether they're elected officials or in the bureaucracy, they've never worked in the real world. Yeah. I mean, they've gone from you know maybe a charity, maybe a community organizer to being a staff member or or holding a government job, and their only metric is how big their budget is that they get to spend of taxpayer dollars. <laughs> and I- instead, they don't they don't understand that it, there's an impact for real world uh, impact on decisions that they make and and it, inflation positive thing for the economy. Uh, Inflation is a horrible thing, particularly for low and middle income folks and, and anybody on, a, on a, a fixed income that draws a salary or that's on a pension uh, because uh, so many people in, in that category uh, that, that are workers, uh, they end up, I mean, they get a, a, a regular set amount as their paycheck and so much of their income uh, goes to pay the, the things that they need to live and when you, when you slap inflation 5%, 2% uh, on top of that, uh, it just takes money out of their pocket that they don't have to feed their family.
0: Yeah, no, that's very right true. We're talking with Congressman Ron Estes from the 4th District of Kansas uh, here in my home district as well. To shift gears a little bit, but to talk about kind of the same thing, let's talk about businesses trying to recover. But these uh, vaccine mandates that are coming down, uh, Biden tried to say any business with 100 employees or more needs to get uh, their employees vaccinated or OSHA is going to come and shut them down. They're working on this bill with OSHA right now. We've already talked about the unconstitutionality of maybe unreasonable searches and seizures of your bank account. How are they legally able to come and say, business, you didn't make everybody get this injection in your business, so the OSHA department's going to come make make sure that you're in non-compliance with the federal government and come and shut your business down, or do what Biden said is either charge them between $70,000 to $700,000 in fines
1: it really is a, an abuse of power uh, on the part of the administration and, and grasping it at straws of what authority they have. And uh, I, look, I, I, uh I believe in science. I mean, I'm an engineer by background. Um, I, you know, I, I have been vaccinated uh, and I, I chose to do that because I'm flying back and forth between Washington and, and my home in Wichita. And, and I didn't want to bring, uh, you know, get sick and bring that back to my family. And, and that was the, the choice I made that was right for, for my personal record. And, and uh, I believe the vaccines, uh, uh the, the efficacy ends up with the, you know majority of people get the vaccines you know are, are protected from the disease, but there are other individuals who maybe they're young in their career, maybe they have a, an immune issue, maybe they have other health issues, uh, maybe they have r- uh, religious concerns, or, or maybe they want to maybe they want to start a family, and you know the vaccine's not been tested enough uh, for uh, some of those unique situations out there. And so to have the federal government come down and have the Biden administration use OSHA, which which was set up to enforce standards and, and provide training and assistance for workers, uh, and to use that and, and use a very small slice of an emergency uh, measure authority that OSHA has to mandate that uh, employers uh, mandate vaccines on people is it, it's, it's wrong, and uh, we're we're pushing back on that. I've introduced a legislation to actually specifically spell out that that's OSHA cannot use their emergency measures uh, for uh, for vaccines uh, or any other healthcare uh, related issues outside of the workplace. Uh, I've supported other legislation that uh, other members are promoting uh, from that standpoint. I mean, we need we need to get. OSHA focused on on uh, workplace operations and ensure a healthy and, and safe uh, working conditions for employers, which is what their standards say, and uh, and not trying to dabble into uh, into healthcare issues. Uh, on a private personal basis.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. It's a it's a crazy narcissistic control freak mindset. And it's kind of scary that it's coming from the government, because while uh, while you're encouraging individuals to get the vaccine, it's also up to that individual person. I mean, I have not gotten vaccine uh, vaccinated and I do not plan to get vaccinated. It all in any way, shape, or form, because I feel that with my diet, my exercise, my vitamin regimen, that I'm healthy. And if I get the virus, then I have that 99 98% uh, survivability rate of being asymptomatic. And I'm not worried about it. And I know a yeah. lot of people feel that way as well. Last question before we let you go. I know you're busy and I really appreciate it all the time. But with all of this madness going on right now, how troubling is it? And can we hold out until the midterms next year? I mean, I have a good feeling about the midterms. I think a lot of people are frustrated. I think we could see the tide shifting a little bit next year to be able to get some majorities and stop this. But can we hold out until then? And how troubling is it to try and fight this for the next year?
1: I, I'm really, really confident Republicans are going to be in the majority in the House next year. The Senate, I've, I'm not making a, a prognostication yet. That's a little bit closer. Uh, but y- when you think about the, the whole cycle is that uh, you know, probably by around uh, March or April of next year, uh, the, the election season will start to get into full swing, and, and there won't be many more legislative uh, boondoggles that come out of uh, somebody's great ideas out of Washington. So uh, that's really the time frame that we have to to kind of stop some of these stupid ideas that are out there. Uh, right now, the Democrats are, are fighting amongst themselves. Uh, they're all clamoring to see how much more I can spend on my pet projects. Uh, <laughs> that's their mindset, and and uh, as a result, they're stepping all over themselves. I think the thing about it is that we need to continue the discussion. I mean, people across the country need to continue to send message to their members, particularly Democrat members of the House of Representatives who who said that they were pro-business or said that they were, you know, from a swing district and they wanted to represent what their district uh, said and and remind them that, uh, you know, in America, we, the intention was to have limited government, and we don't need big mindset. We don't need big control programs, and we certainly don't need a debt that puts our dollar at risk of uh, no longer being the reserve currency and, and putting the, the health of the United States uh, uh, credit rating at risk.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a major issue. There's a lot of big stuff, and I'm glad you're up there trying to fight it. It's hard in the House, representatives. I, I'm sure that you feel kind of like you're banging your head against the wall at times, aren't you?
1: It really is. I mean, I I didn't realize as much uh, until I went to D.C. how tightly controlled uh, the majority has, whether it's Republican or Democrat uh, in the House of Representatives. I mean, basically, you know, we're set now where where the speaker controls the rules committee and and they set rules for each bill that comes to the floor that that dictates how much time you're allowed to debate it. And and if any amendments at all are allowed to the bill or if there are amendments, who gets to add uh, an amendment onto the floor to even be voted on uh, which which isn't isn't the way we understand our civics lessons and, and the way the way our legislative process is supposed to work.
0: No, no. The ever-ongoing frustrating process of politics of we're going to play the special game based on who's in power. And uh, I can only imagine what it's like up there, so I give you props for doing it every single day. Congressman Ron Estes from the 4th District of Kansas, a great friend right here in our home district, my representative here in this area. Congressman, we appreciate the time very much. Keep up the fight the best you can up there, and we'll look forward to chatting with you again here soon.
1: All right. Great. Thank you, Andy.